Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Journey to Authentic Living episode. I'm really excited. Uh, I have a very special guest, at least to me, one of my favorite people, <laughs> Mark Shahadeh. <laughs> See, I'm probably not going to, yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you a little bit about Mark. He is a certified life coach, certified law of attraction practitioner, and advanced level four certified faster EFT um, practitioner. And so Mark has studied the art of self-empowerment and the law of attraction for over 35 years. He has made it his life to study um, and to master the nuances of successful applications of the law of attraction, which is really going to be the topic for today. So I'm really excited to have Mark on. And, um, uh, and so he has alluded, um, as you said, you know, tried and failed to achieve, you know, the, the law of attraction and helping people, though, overcome some of those challenges. And when he discovered a tool called Faster EFT, which I'm also um, uh, studying Faster EFT, uh, but he studied it uh, back in 2014, he recognized that his healing modality is the fastest um, and uh, best way to allow the law of attraction to work in our lives. And since then, Mark has worked to gain five certifications in Faster EFT, ultimately becoming an advanced level four practitioner. And so with, with Faster EFT tapping and leading edge of the law of attraction techniques, Mark has helped clients find the love of their lives, heal chronic uh, physical pain, break out from debilitating shyness and social anxiety, you know, get rid of a lifetime of annoying allergies, heal and make peace with past family traumas and go from habits of self-criticism to empowering habits of loving self-talk and confident um, thoughts. So is that a pretty good introduction right there? <laughs> you know, I never liked these bios. I know, I know, but we want to introduce people. Yeah, but so, you did a great job. I like how you read it and you just made it sound. Yeah, it was a little, you know, I'm trying to do that, trying to do that. So tell That's us really a little. Good. Yeah, tell us a little bit. Now, you're in Northern California. Yes. And are, born and raised? Born and raised San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Very cool. All right, so we're both Californians. Right. And so tell, tell us a little bit uh, about your life, a little bit growing up and how your home life was a little bit. Yeah. So growing up, like my family worried a lot. And so I worried a lot. And I was a little kid and I just... <clears throat> you know, I would, I would overanalyze and overthink. And I remember like, also I would go to a scary movie and then I'd go home and I would think about it and I would like haunt myself, you know, and just stay up at night overthinking it and, and scaring myself. So from a really young age, I wanted to learn how thoughts affect us and how to control thoughts and self-help type of books and, um, self-help and self-confidence, like books about self-confidence. So that's been my study. Like when I was even, even like maybe 11 or 12, I started reading these books. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not like me. <laughs> really same thing, huh? Yeah. I mean, not so much the law of attraction, but definitely yeah. um, more of a spiritual metaphysical kind of, you know, stuff. Yeah. Do you remember uh, yeah. Terry Cole Whitaker? I do not. Okay. She's, I think she's sort of like, the godmother of really even Louise Hay, because Louise Hay came after her 
but um, she went off the grid, Terry Cole Whitaker, but she was um, in this area where I live in San Diego. And so we would go listen to her. Um, and she was all about positive thought and how to, you know, control your thoughts and control yourself. And, you know, so anyway. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't come across her, but do you know the Seth books? Seth? I do. I do. I think I even have a couple maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, my mom had that book and, um, and I finally got into it and, um, then I read all of them. Like I got really deep into these, the Seth books. Wow. Which are pretty deep. Yeah. <clears throat> and then of course, Anthony Robbins, like my mom had, my mom had an Anthony, the Anthony Robbins takes. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, Anthony Robbins, he was just on the cheesy kind of late night commercials. But when I listened to these tapes, I was like, wow, I like this guy, you know? So I got into Anthony Robbins and I started reading all his book, Deepak Chopra. Yeah. And law of attraction wasn't, didn't come out till, I studied it um, in the 80s, like 84, when, when Abraham Hicks started to come around. And then I became huge into Abraham Hicks. So it sounds like we have something else in common because mm-hmm. my mother exposed me to everything that you were saying that your mom did too. So it sounds like right. your mom exposed you to a lot of more metaphysical yeah. kind of things. And so that really impressed you. Now, do you have siblings? I have two, a brother and a sister. And are they also influenced? Not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. My brother was like the sports jock. Um, yeah. And I was like the musician. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, wow. Over, overthinker, sensitive type. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And, you know, she kind of indirectly influenced me. Like it was just there around, you know. Yeah, you know, I guess because she was into it, but just for having the stuff in the house, like the Anthony Robbins and the, and the books. So I kind of just picked it up and checked it out. Yeah, that's wonderful. So that was really just kind of part of your being exposed to some of these things, which then came, it sounds like the law of attraction. So tell, tell us, you know, what, uh, you know, what really got you hooked with the law of attraction? All right. So, uh, so my aunt got me into Abraham Hicks. So my aunt is into Buddhism and, um, and, and spiritual teachings, and she, she's, a, she's a seeker. And so she sent me Abraham Hicks tapes once, and I thought it was weird at first, and I thought, like, I don't know about, because it was channeling. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I believe it, because, you know, I was young, but, but the information was amazing. So I thought the information was genius. So I thought, well, I don't, it doesn't matter if I believe in, like the channeling and whatnot, just, just the information was so good. And so I started to get the tapes, like the, the tapes of the workshops and I would get them twice a month. And I got those for, I think about 30 years. (laughs) Like I, like I ate them up. Like I would just, I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it and I wanted to study it. You know, I really wanted to master the law of attraction. And so every kind of question that anyone had, I wanted to see how, Abraham would answer it. And that was what amazed me was how she was never stumped or they were never stumped. They would always answer the question. And I just really um, vibed with, with those answers. So that's how I kind of got into it. What, um, what was really attracting? Was it the channeling part that you, what was attracting uh, about it? If if you can recall. It's well, it was kind of like what I was looking for. Like the, like, like, in a way, it's a religion, 
without the religion, like the spiritual part of it. And it was just the answers um, to how to attract what you want, right? And how to really do it. Like, like the secret, are you familiar with the secret? I, I am. And I, this was like back in 2005, I think when it first came out and I was listening to the tapes and of course we'll get to that later, but definitely right. I was kind of turned off by it. Actually. It sounded, yeah. yeah. It Maybe sounded always about like materialistic. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So the secret is based off of law of attraction and it's, it is based off of Abraham Hicks work. Um, and there's also a version of the secret with Abraham Hicks in it. Um, and I've seen that version. And so I remember Abraham Hicks always talking about the law of attraction. And then I heard about the secret. I'm like, what? The sec- what's the secret? The secret is a law of attraction. Oh, that's Abraham Hicks. Cause that they were the only people talking about it. And so, so what I, I guess Rhonda Burns, what she did with the secret is she wanted to make it accessible to everybody. So it's, you would say maybe a watered down version of the law of attraction. And you know, how much can you get, if you want to reach the masses, how I guess spiritual or how um, metaphysical can you get without losing people? So, so I think it's good that she introduced the, the information to the masses and people wouldn't know Abraham Hicks if it wasn't for Rhonda Burns and the secret. Really? That's interesting. I thought it was, um, I thought it really came, it was separate. I thought for some reason that, that it was a little separate. So, well, they kind of made it separate after. Um, so it was supposedly first supposed to be a, um, what was it supposed to be? It was supposed to be a movie. And so they did the, they, they did the contracts with a, with Esther Hicks and Jerry Hicks based on that. And then when they decided it was going to be a DVD, or I think it was going to be a TV special. And then they decided that it was going to be a DVD. So they, they went to the Hicks people and they said, well, let's, can we change the contracts? And they wanted to give them less money. And basically um, the Hicks said, well, why don't you just take us out of the video? You know, they, they were nice about it, but they said, well, that's okay. So that's why they kind of made it separate. Okay. Again, because they entered, it was, it was a little, it felt that way too. Now, now that I know really after all these years, because it was 2006 yeah. and I had this, I still have the CDs. So yeah. it sounds like, um, it sounds like that, that, you know, it just felt a little bit different, but um, right. wow, you really do know kind of <laughs> what's going on. So that's cool. That's good. Yeah. So when did you know that the law of attraction worked for you? When was, is there something you could share to say like, wow, this is just, yeah, that's a great question. I have a, a quick little story that I, that I, um, I, it's, it's on my podcast, my first episode when I talked about my story, but I'll just repeat it again real quickly. Yeah. So there was a time, let's see what happened. Um, oh, I had a recording studio and that was going to be my life. Like I, like I was never going to work a nine to five. I was always going to do music <laughs> and I'm just going to do my own thing. And I was kind of rebellious, like in my twenties and I'm never going to have a boring office job. And then, so then the recording studio lasted about six years. And at the end I knew I had to do something different. So I closed up shop. I was like, okay, it's not fun anymore. And but I don't know what I'm going to do. And I did have a degree but it was in speech and communications. It was, it was in communications. It wasn't really, I didn't get a degree to get a job because I was never going to have a, I was going to always work for myself. And I thought I was going to always be music. So I found myself 
lost. And I found myself like, what am I going to do? And, and I was living at the time with my um, girlfriend, who is now my wife. I was living with Kelly <clears throat> and I needed to come up with rent. We we're living in a condo. So I started to do temp jobs and it was, I wasn't making a lot of money. And these temp jobs, I had a hard time. Like I wasn't happy and they, I wasn't, I wasn't being challenged. It was a low, low period in my, in my life. Have you heard of the dark night of the soul? Absolutely. Yeah. That was my dark night of the soul. Okay. I was struggling. I think we have actually a few, I think we can have a few of them in a lifetime, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of them. Wow. <laughs> that was one of them. And so I was lost. And then I thought, well, I have this music record, some of the recording equipment. Let me try to do jingles. Let me try to do it a different way. So I started another little business and it failed miserably. I, you know, I won't go into details. So that I lost faith in myself. Mm. And so I'm broke. I got to find, I don't know what I'm going to do for, for money for, to do something that I like to do. And so at that time, I knew the Abraham Hicks stuff. I knew the law of attraction, but I wasn't really applying it. So what I did was I said, you know what? My, my way isn't working. After all this struggling, I'm going to try, really try the law of attraction way. And so the law of attraction way is to feel good, even if you don't think you deserve to feel good. Feel as good as you can. So what I started to do was drive around in my car and I would just park somewhere with a nice view and I would just chill out, listen to music, meditate, and just look at the view and, and chill out instead of before just struggling and trying to figure out what I'm going to do and working hard and looking for jobs and trying different things. So, which was hard to just go in a car and chill out because I didn't feel like I deserved to do that. I felt like I need to, you know, the kind of, you know, you got to, the action oriented, you know, Western society that we live in, you got to make something happen, make it happen. So, but I said, okay, I'm, you know, my way wasn't working. So, I would chill out and I would start to feel a little bit better. And then I would do that every day. And I would just kind of relax into it and just for no reason, just chill out, feel good. And I started to get out of my slump. And then I, I attracted a job that was like pretty good. I really liked it. And then I attracted another job, which became something that I loved. It was, it was uh, computer programming, which I got trained on the job. And it sounds like a boring office job, but I loved computer programming. It was my first major. And so it was just, and I loved the group of people I was working with and it was creative and I, I made a lot of money and I was able to, you know, buy a car and get to a point where I felt confident enough to, you know, that I had my income steady enough to, so that I can marry Kelly. So it kind of like turned everything around. And it was because I chilled out in the car, you know, not trying to make something happen. And so as I did that, the idea is my, you know, to sound kind of metaphysical and woo-woo out there, but my vibration raised and I, w and I was able to get ideas and to also, you know, let the universe orchestrate events on my behalf. And so things started just to happen and dive into place. And that's from, from not trying. Now, now, doesn't mean I didn't do anything, but I wasn't trying to force things on my own, what I think the way it would happen. Instead, it would be feel good, wait for inspiration. 
So that's kind of the key of law of attraction. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, kind of how no, I knew I, it. I really worked. like that. Yeah, I really like that. And it, it kind of goes into what I wanted to a little bit because um, as you and I talked um, yeah. previously, I mean, for those of you out there listening to this or watching this, I... Um, there was a long time where I was trying to get into the law of attraction as well. Um, and um, I just, it, it just, for me, it seemed like it didn't work. And um, I tried to do everything. I don't know if, you know, it's the same thing, you know, I don't know, I could have been probably not ready or what have you, or the resistance we were talking about even earlier, you know, but it was just, I, I read all the books, you know, read many books, many Abraham Hicks books. And it just, I was trying to feel, you know, mm -hmm. I was trying to be in the feeling, but, um, it really just, I, I felt sabotage. It wasn't really at the time I was living with my husband in Colorado Springs. Um, mm -hmm. we moved there for eight years and I just, I, I tried to really surrender. And there were, there were moments where I did, you know, where I concentrated on just, but it just really turned me off. And I remember yeah. that a good friend of mine, a colleague of mine, um, Barbara, she, and was teaching Reiki and so, you know, and I, I had learned Reiki as well, but she was teaching Reiki and she says, well, you know, you've got to do it this way and that way. But I just couldn't, it, I just became bitter for whatever reason. I mean, I've changed my mind on it because yeah. actually thanks to you, Mark, that, um, and also Robert Smith, you know, with Faster AFT, to be honest as, as well. Yeah. So I want to give him credit because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't really. Um, and I think you and I sound like we've done a lot of different modalities and we've practiced a lot of things and, you know, and the hoping and the praying and the trying to surrender and all those concepts out there. Um, so with, with someone who is just, so do, do you think, do you believe, is that what you're saying that, you know, really just get into the space of feeling good? Is that kind of how you would? Yeah. Suggest? And, and, and by the way, I've tried a lot of it too. And I got, you know, there was a point where I, I said, well, if I can have anything I want, then I can eat anything I want. So, and, you know, and really try to believe, you know, that my, my metabolism is fast and, you know, that didn't work, you know, <laughs> I just gained weight. Right. So I've tried, I, I, like you, I tried and, and I guess failed, you know, different things of how I can attract things. And I guess when we're all, when we're new to it, that's what we're doing. Um, but I just kind of, yeah. So, um, but, w but each time I did it, I, I guess I thought, it's just me not doing it correctly. So that's why I kind of wanted to study more like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Like, so there's a lot of nuances to it and there's, and there is, you know, so there's the thing about feelings you want to, you, so let's say, let's say I want a red sports car. So let's say someone who knows the law of attraction would say, well, you want to get the feeling of what it would feel like to have that red sports car, right? Which is, that's a material example, an example of a material okay. object. But, but so what people, a lot of people would do is they'd say, oh, I want all these things. I want this car and I want a big house. So I want to do the feeling of it. Yeah. But when you're trying to make something happen that way, you can also sabotage yourself because you're thinking you want the red car to make you feel better, right? But what you really want is ah, to feel better. Yeah. Or if you want the red car because you think it'll make you look good, you know, with stat, high status or with, you know, it, I'd be able to meet women that way or whatever it is. Well, then I think if you try to use the law of attraction that way, it's not going to really work because 
your I, I guess your inner self knows that you don't want the car, you don't need the car to feel better. Oh, that's interesting. Right? So, so you have to feel better inside. And so that's why we say feel good is your, is really the objective, not to get, not to make things happen. So, so the idea of trying to use the law of attraction to make things happen can count, can be counter to using it correctly, right? I want to make a lot of money. So I'm going to try really hard to use the law of attraction to feel how it would be to make money and to, and to, um, I don't know, whatever it is, see it, believe it, and then you'll achieve it type of thing. But, but it's not the money. It's not about the money. It's how you feel, how you think the money will make you feel. So if you think about how you, the money will make you feel, well, how will the money make you feel? It'll make me feel secure. It'll make me feel abundant. So, so then we want to reach for those feelings. How can I feel secure and abundant? without the money, right? How can I feel love without the girlfriend, without being married? How can I feel confident without losing weight? So it's a tricky thing. So we work on the essence of it first. And then when, when, when we do that, then the idea is that the universe has a better plan than, or God or whatever you want to call it, has a better way to get these things than, than we think has you know, has a better path than the path that we think it would be. So if we don't get into the specifics and we just get into general feelings, then we can get, the money can come just by feeling better and then following your inspiration and following the path that can lead you to money and fun and abundance. So I don't know if I'm kind of yeah, I, I think you, right. you are, and I'm processing as you're talking, yeah. and I'm thinking like, okay, now I know where I failed, because mm. I, you, were, you were saying something earlier, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, I was following some of the, it is kind of tricky, and, and, tricky. I, and I think it's, it's the fact, if I'm hearing correctly, you can tell me if, if this is wrong, but yeah. the, probably the reason why I became frustrated with the law of attraction and not really applying it correctly was that there was an expectation. I was, you said, what did you say earlier? I was trying to acquire something or maybe rather than saying, um, how do I feel? It's almost like identify, it's, it's almost like regardless of the red car, the sports car or the girlfriend or the money, it's like I, it's almost like a self-confident, self-esteem thing. It's, it's mm -hmm. almost like, right? It almost feels yeah. like that. And I think maybe that's why perhaps um, we need to work on the programming yeah, the right. obstacle to, yeah? Or? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's why faster EFT is a great way to work on the programming, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I don't, I don't get a chance to explain this a lot, so that's why, I, you know, I can think of better ways, the more, I guess the more experience I have in explaining these concepts, because I understand them, but to explain them in a, in a good way, you know, I always want to look for better ways to do that. Well, I think but, you did a great job because I, I can, I it, see, this is the, this is the difficult thing. And it makes me, I wish I had a little bit more time to go back and read the books again to see if I can come from a different perspective, you know, right. um, 
I know that the biology of belief by um, Bruce Lipton was uh, another book that I read many years ago um, as well that made more sense, even though that's not really the law of attraction, but, but I'd like to go back and see if I could sort of see it differently and feel it differently. Yeah. And it, um, yeah, I, I, I think I get the essence too. I'm almost, as we're talking right now, it's almost fleeing, you know, but I think you did explain yeah. it um, well. And that's something clicked and said, okay, that's probably why I wasn't achieving or it was fizzed out or what have you is because it's sure. almost like I was waiting for that, um, for that situation to come to fruition or to manifest itself rather than just saying I'm, I'm, kind of okay i don't know maybe i'm not you're the expert in this one but that's right yeah but i think that 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 could be and that says a lot i think about about human nature but um yeah that's great and is the um joshua teachings is this also does this reverberate some of um abraham hicks work or do you think there's a little bit of a difference there too you know it's joshua's very abraham hicks but it's also just the extension of the law of attraction so they go in lots of ways even further and just just to, just to take it take it even further, but uh, Gary Bodley, who is a channeler for Joshua, he was a huge Abraham Hicks and still is. Um, he, he, so, so yeah, it's very similar, and it just goes a little little deeper. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's an idea of surrender, right? Surrender mm-hmm. and non-attachment. But those are that's huge. So that's why feeling good for the sake of feeling good not feeling good to, for the sake of making something happen. So that's where we get into trouble is when we try to do things to make things happen, then actually what we're putting out to the universe that we're incomplete and something's wrong and we're missing something. And we're not, we, we're not missing anything. We can feel good. We have what it, we have um, enough to feel good right now in the moment. That's, it is tricky though. And yeah, to get it there, is, it takes a lot of practice. It does. It sounds like it takes a lot of practice. And like I said, I was pretty bitter about it until yeah. until I came across a couple of years ago Robert's um, work and then decided to train as well in faster EFT. And I know that he's got something about the law of attraction. It's a little bit older, I think. I still have it on my um, laptop, you know, and, and then I was able to understand sort of the programming. I don't know if you want to speak to that as far as people who, you know, because it is, so, so for example, let me just take, you know, when I was living in Colorado Springs, I was, I, I was not really in the best environment in the sense environment as, you know, I had a home and, and, and I was working, but, um, I just, the people, you know, I couldn't really connect. It was, um, a very different culture than I'm accustomed to. Um, and I tried to, so that was kind of my thing is trying to fit in and find sort of my tribe, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to use the law of attraction kind of with, with that. Um, I don't remember all the details, but um, maybe you could speak also about like, so I can remember in retrospect that there was this limiting belief that even though I was trying to feel good and what to remember what it was right. like to have a good best girlfriend or to socialize and have a nice time and, and connect and feel those things, I, I still kind of recall that there was this doubt. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. very good. So that's where, you know, Fastery of Tea is, comes, comes in. And it's very good to, to deal with those things. So the idea with Fastery of Tea is that our past memories 
and, and our past experience will create these patterns and we call them metaphoric expressions of, of uh, uh, metaphoric. So the current issues that are happening are metaphoric expressions of the past things and experiences that have happened. So let me give you an example. So let's say, and I use this example a lot, but let's say I, let's say a, um, a, a little girl, 12 years old, and she watched her dad mistreat her mom over and over and over again. So in her mind, that's her model of how men treat women, let's say. And so 25 years later, she attracts a, a guy who's not treating her right, right? And then she breaks up with him and she treats another guy and he doesn't treat her right. So, 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 so the idea is that she's attracting what she's holding inside which is her model of how men treat women from when she was a child. That's just kind of a simplistic way to show that her, uh, the boyfriend that she attracted that didn't treat her right was a me metaphoric expression of her dad, how her dad treats her mom. So what we do, if she came to me as a client, she might say, Mark, I want to be able to attract a nice guy or attract you know, someone who, to fall in love with. We will, we were trained to ask questions, as you know, to get to, well, when in your life did you, you know, well, we ask questions kind of in, invest to investigate her past. And so we will eventually get to her, how her dad treated her mom. So we'll go to those memories and we will, we will change those memories. We'll change her representation of how men treat women. And when we do that and we actually rewrite it so that, she experiences her dad treating her mom in a great way. We actually rewrite the memory. Now that doesn't change what happened. It just changes how she holds it inside. So when we do that, that affects your beliefs, you know, that affects your beliefs that affects a lot of things. So maybe her belief could have been all men are assholes. You know, if she had a few experience and she got her heart broken, she, men can't be trusted. Right. This all stems from the experiences from the past that we change, we, we rewrite them. And as we do that, the metaphoric expressions can change and, and the current issues can improve. And so you attract from now the new, the new rewrites and the new feel goods and right. the new stories of how a man treats a woman. <clears throat> does Absolutely. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it totally does. I was doing it more for asking more for the you know, people who are watching as yeah, well. Yeah, right, I, you understand all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And, you know, I, I love um, this work because of that. I think that it's super important. I had um, <clears throat> a couple of people not quite understand um, because I know science is coming out with, right? Um, neuroscience is really coming out Absolutely. of memories and things like that. And I find that to be very fascinating. And as you know, they say that each time we go back to a memory, um, it, it's distorted. We either add something or something's taken away from it. And so there's that old example is to say, if your siblings, you're all at the table, you all remember that turkey dinner or whatever. And, but everybody's like, well, I don't remember that. I remember that right. such and such, you know, and it kind of, that's an example of it. And um, I had a few people that I actually know that found this to be quite, um, for whatever reason, just, um, they had a difficult time, I think, accepting this. And they thought that people were manipulating that as practitioners, you know, you're manipulating somebody's 
somebody's mind. But uh, of course, right. we're not going to get into all the science of it, but definitely, I don't know if you want to address that a little bit too, if you feel you don't need to, but just that yeah. this is science-based as well. Yeah, it totally is science-based and you're exactly right. Every time we visit a memory, we update it. So if I'm, if I visit a memory, I mean, that's how, that's how people can get, well, that's how mental illness can happen. You think about something that happens and every time you think about it, and if you're in a bad mood, you think about it, you add that bad feeling to the memory, which makes it grow. And then you overthink it. You think about it again and it turns in, it can turn into an awful thing. Now, if I, now with faster EFT, and like you said, this is neuroscience. If I think about the memory and then tap or think about the memory and kind of have a good feeling, then I'm kind of breaking the trance of that bad feeling and I'm scratching the record of it. And, and if I keep doing that in and out, in and out, then I can think about whatever used to bother me and I can't, I can't let it bother me because Mm -hmm. we're scratching the record. We're breaking the trance and we're the neural pathway. So um, neuroplasticians know that um, neurons that are wired together you know, that are fired together, are wired Wired together. together. Mm-hmm. Right. So as you, you know all this stuff. So that's how we can link, let's say, let's say um, popcorn, eating popcorn. I used to eat popcorn with my grandma when I was 12 years old, and grandma represents love. Right. So I link popcorn and love the neural pathways. So every time I'm eating popcorn, I feel this love feeling. I see grandma's face. And the neurons are firing and wiring together. Well, well, I, that might turn into an addiction with popcorn later, you know. Yeah. Or, you know That's a so, great example. That's right? a great example. And, it sh- and it's, you know, our audience is, is going to understand the linking too with right. that, right? Because it's exactly. not always, yeah. So that's, that's really what's important. So I wanted to ask you a little bit because I'm about this, what kind of we all call the happy hype right, where um, this is another um, experience that um, no longer uh, triggers me in a, in a negative way. But at first it was like I'd roll my eyes because it was, um, oh, you know, you can't think of anything negative, you can't be negative, and oh, you know, I only, you know, it's like shunning and avoiding right. anything that's negative. And of course, I'm, I kind of, my belief or how I, I'm kind of planted you know, on the earth plane and going like, well, we can't deny that certain things are happening. And also I don't want to deny the fact, um, especially for some women, um, it's been quite taboo for a long time, at least maybe I'm the last generation to have that where, you know, you can't really display or show anger, you know, it's just Mm. not very becoming, you know, I think it's not just cultural. I think it's just, so I'm just thinking, you know, every time, and I've talked to many of my clients and women clients, you know, it's like, oh, they just, they don't want to be portrayed as a, a bitch or something because those are the labels so why i'm i'm asking you is that every time there's something that can be negative it's like oh i just want to think happy thoughts i just want to be happy what would you is there anything that you would because people link it to the law of attraction right right. well i don't want to be attracted don't give me that i don't want to i don't want to right what is that what do you think of that what's your that's yeah that's good and that's there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects to that um the biggest aspect that I think of is a control thing, right? So, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be around. I don't want to hear the negativity. Yes. You know, it's going to come into me and it's going to make me think. (laughs) Well, just that feeling 
um, is it sends out to the universe that I'm not safe and that I have to control my thoughts and I have to control my environment, right? So I can understand that in the beginning when people learn that, they don't, they want to, you know, the idea about being around positive people and positive influences. But we really want to get away from the idea of controlling our, our environment because th- when you're controlling your environment, again, you're sending out a, a message saying, I'm not safe and I need to control things in order to make myself safe. And you're just going to attract, <clears throat> give you an example. If I don't want to hear any negative thoughts and I feel like I have to control, um, let's say my friends and I want to get rid of negative people, <laughs> I'm just going to attract more negative people because I'm sending out to the universe that I'm not safe and I don't want negativity. Well, the universe doesn't hear I don't want. It just hears what you're focused on. And I, I, it's really hearing I want, I want, I want. Does that make sense? It totally does. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that completely. That is something that I did, um, that I did um, resonate with, you know, right. with that fact of, and I was involved a lot in the sort of new age community, you know, wherever I kind of lived. And it's just sort of reverberates that, right? This sort of um, limiting, it's sort of limiting because I remember one time with a friend of mine, we were talking and I used, um, I know Robert doesn't like the boundaries <laughs> thing, but, but just for the sake of it, you know, we all, you know, establishing personal and healthy boundaries, whatever. But I remember years ago using that, that term and she said, no, 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 stop. And she totally stopped me from, I was trying to say something and she interrupted me to tell me and to lecture me about how she didn't want to hear that word boundaries because it was like, and it, it was just, I remember feeling like <laughs> I, I just, I felt very um, censored. Um, right. And so. It doesn't feel good, does it? It doesn't feel good, you know, because yeah. then all of a sudden I have to change my language completely in order to not either offend or, you know, it just felt, um, and in fact, to be honest with you, I, I, I was reluctant to sort of share things because she had a habit. And I, and I thought, well, that's my, my limitation. At first I believed it was me. And then it was like. Um, it's just the way she's holding on to those words. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, and like you said, it's tricky. So the tricky thing is if I have friends who I think are negative, or if I'm around negative people, the more I focus on that, they're negative, the more I'm going to, I guess, attract it out of them or just, or at least see from my lens more, more of the negativity. So so the idea of not needing to control my environment is to maybe think about the positive aspects of the people around me. And the more I think about the positive aspects of the people around me, the more I can just uh, see that and attract, I, I say attract that out of them, but maybe scientists will just say, well, you're just, now your, your lens is different. So maybe Robert Smith would say, you're just seeing now what you're holding. So if I'm really focusing on, you know, what I like about these people, then I'll just see more of that. So that's a way, so that's a way of not trying to control your environment, but, but to be okay with where you are and people not needing to be different. Now that's easier said than done. And that's an art, there's an art to that. And that's what I've been kind of trying to do. That's what I, that's my work. You know, that's what I try to do to work. How, how can I be okay in any environment without needing to control my environment? 
Yeah, I, I really find that fascinating. Um, yeah. Can you give us another example of that? Like, I don't know if someone has road rage or going to the grocery store and being like, really, is that, could that be yeah. applicable to that as well? Sure. Um, you know, I, I find myself rushing around and when I'm rushing, I, you know, <laughs> I, you know if I'm behind a slow driver, um, it can, it can piss me off. Yeah. But let's see. So, so what I, I guess what most people would do is they would get mad at the person who's slow. Ah, they're making me late, that type of thing. <laughs> you know? So what I do and what I try to do is like, okay, what's going on? You know, what's going on with me? Okay, well, I'm rushing because I'm late. And I also have programs about time and I need to do some more tapping and <laughs> to work on some of my time programs because I, I sometimes rush around a lot, but there's also a thrill to that for me that I, gotta, I can do some more tapping on. But I just kind of look at, instead of blaming the other person, I can look at what's going on with me, knowing that I can tap on that and I can work, and maybe I can leave earlier and uh, I guess take responsibility for what's upsetting me. So I'm, I don't know if that speaks to what you're asking, but with road, road rage, that's how I kind of think of it. You know, looking within instead of blaming the other person. And also for those who I know a lot of in my community, a lot of people are new to law of attraction or they don't have um, a real keen understanding of, and that's why I was asking you these questions. But I find that very interesting, not controlling your environment. And you were saying earlier, um, you know, with my session with you earlier was about um, taking responsibility, <clears throat> you know, is not about blaming yourself either it's exactly. not like oh you know i'm gonna get the whip and start punishing myself but it's about um and you articulated it so well do you remember you know would you want to <sighs> speak to that when people say because i think people don't and I'm, let me just say this yeah. i don't it's a hard concept for people for many people and even for my for myself at times to to depending on my mood you know to explain it but this concept about taking personal responsibility. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you want to. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, it, it isn't a blame thing. So if you look at, so it's easy to kind of blame your boss or your spouse or Trump or the, you know, the economy. It's easier to do that. And when, there's a new way of looking at that. If, if I was the one who was blame, like to blame those things and you would come up to me and say, well, no, you have to take responsibility. It, at first it feels like, oh, that means I'm, you know, I'm to blame and people don't want to feel bad about themselves. But it's not a blame thing. It's an empowerment thing. If I know that I control how, how I perceive things and how I perceive Trump and how I let Trump for example, rile me up. Well, I'm being riled up. He's not doing it to me. So do I blame myself for being riled up? No, I just say, oh, I, I'm in control here. I'm empowered. I can do something about that. And the same thing with how I, how I react to my spouse. You know, every time she does this, I get pissed off. She does this to me. But then by saying, oh, wait a second, I I'm reacting to her for some reason. And there's something in me that is reacting. Now, do I blame myself and, and, and beat up on myself about that? No, it's just saying, oh, wait, I'm in control. I can't control her and I can't control Trump. 
and I really can't control the economy. I can control how I feel about it all. So that, to me, that's, a, that's an empowering thought. It's not a kind of a blaming thing, something to come down on ourselves. It's to say, oh, okay, I can do something about that. So if you believe in the law of attraction, that helps. Because if you don't, then you just think things happen to you. That's right. Right? That's, that's a, right. That's, that's key. Yeah. That's right. That's excellent. Right. I really like that you explained it that way because actually that is one of the topics I think that, um, um, you know, that's, that's really important. And I think that one of the things that's difficult as well is that we, um, I don't know about the law of attraction, but I like people, I like to be around people who also think differently than me. I also like to do research that is maybe not in my belief system. And I like to do that. I, I kind of like thought provoking things. I like to expand my consciousness and my yeah. intellect. And so I don't always want people to agree with me or to, I don't know if that makes sense. So I yeah. don't feel the one thing I can say about my own self, I've got my own my own programming, but the one thing is that um, I'm always open to changing my mind about people, about about the way I see things, always. And I think it does come to the fact that I, you know, I, I want to be at peace, you know, yeah. and and I also want to see things, you know, there, there's other people, there's their perspective or what have you, and so. Um, yeah, I think that's a difficult one. And I've seen in the uh, new age community, a lot of times, you know, people, or I see it like on Instagram or other social media where people are really preaching peace and love. And, and then it's like, they're judging, right? Like the whole, it's like, oh, you know, you shouldn't eat meat and you know, I'm a vegan. How could they do this? Or it could be like against, because I always think like for me, where I'm at in my personal development is even just before the faster EFT, um, because I just, I don't want to be in that hate right. mode. I don't, it doesn't feel good. It right. doesn't feel good to be angry. No, it doesn't. And it, it's bad for you. And, you know, it, it also reminds me of, you know, what you were saying earlier as far as, um, so, so let's say I'm, let's say I get angry, right? So I can do the, uh, what did you call it? The happy hype? Yeah. yeah. I can do the happy hype. Oh, I'm not angry. I want to be happy, happy, happy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so <clears throat> what, I, what that really does is not deal with the fact that I'm angry and just, just so I know your, your, your example was two different people, but you can do it also with yourself where you can try to avoid being angry and not think about it and try to make yourself happy. Well, that doesn't usually work because if, you ha if you're angry about something, it's something to be dealt with. Now, the, the other side of that is to get down on yourself for being angry and beat up on yourself for being angry and be angry at yourself for being angry. That's not what you want to do either, right? So what you want to do is look at it and see what it is and do a more doubt, you know, tap on it. Tap on your anger, look at the program and behind it. So, so you know, the, the idea that what we resist persists. If I resist my anger, so it's, and we also don't want to stay in the anger too. So we kind of want to allow it so that we can move through it and maybe tap on it, heal it, and, and move through it. But we don't want to stay angry. But hey, if I'm angry, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm angry right now. So instead of trying to shut it down or stop that, maybe allow myself to kind of feel it for <laughs> a while. And then, but don't just keep it there. Tap on it and deal with it. So I think that's, <clears throat> that's kind of an approach 
to, you know, allowing ourselves to have, you know, the shadow parts of us, the parts mm-hmm. that aren't, aren't ideal because we're not always happy. We're not, you know, we that's have right. negative thoughts and we're, yeah. That's right. No, that's excellent. I, I really, I really like that. Yeah. One, one of the things I need to really tap on as well, uh, and I do on my own, is really the hypocrisy. You know, I rather, I rather, um, it's, it's easier for me to deal with someone's transparency um, than to say I am about peace and love, but then I'm going to marginalize by, because I have my biases, because you might believe in something that I, that I don't, or believe in a policy, even politics that I, that I don't. And I think it's not even about that. It's, that's really, to me, the, the true difference is respecting people, not so much by the color of their skin, but really by the way they, 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 they may perceive and accept it as, as is, you know, um, I think there's a lot of peace when, when we can accept people, you know, as, as they are. That's really good. Yeah. They're doing the best they can. They, they have a belief system and they got there for some that's reason right. for some reason. And that's their upbringing and that's their perspective and perception and they're doing the best they can. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This is great. Yeah. Any, any tips that you would like to, um, I don't know, maybe dispense or any suggestions for people who are saying, you know, I, any book, any book recommendation, something about when, when they find themselves maybe, you know, behind that, you know, in their car getting road rage or something, just something. Yeah. Um, there's a, yeah, there's some tips and, and some suggestions. So, you know, first the tapping, I, you know, I really think looking into how to tap on yourself, faster EFT tapping is the best tool out there, I think. There is. Yeah, for me too. Yeah. 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 There's a book by Joshua called A Perception of Reality. Okay. It's a, it's a, you know, it's an advanced law of attraction book, but it's simple. So, um, you recommended it to me. I still need to get did, it. Did you? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I need to get that. I love that book. As okay. far, I think that's one of the best law of attraction books out there. And I recommended it to some people and it's changed their lives in some respects. And then a few people like they just couldn't get it and they're not ready for it. That's fine. But check that book out. Okay. Um, I also really believe in the, the happy journal that faster EFT talks about. And basically, I believe in a daily process, right? So something to do every day, a daily process to, to get yourself in a good, a good feeling place. So happy journal would be, <clears throat> it's more than just what, it's, what it sounds like. It's five different things you can do daily. And you don't do all five of them daily. But one of them is affirmations. Say a few affirmations that make you feel good. Two to three times. You can write them down. Uh, two, two or three affirmations, you know, in the, let's say in the morning. And then the other one is what you're grateful for, you know, two or three, two, let's say, you know, two to five things you're grateful for every day. And then there's a section in the happy journal called goals, goals and dreams, but, uh, but you're not going to write down your goals and dreams every day. So I like to, for every day, positive process, I like to use intentions, positive general intentions. What are my intentions for today? I just want to feel good. I just want to be, you know, I want to look for things to be grateful for today. I want to be light. I want to accept, be more accepting of people. I want to be more accepting of myself. So positive general intentions of the day. Um, And then another part aspect of happy journal is to write down good memories that, that 
that, that, that you come across are good experiences. They can be the smallest little thing. You could be at Starbucks and someone was really nice. They gave you a nice smile. Someone made you laugh. Write that down in your happy <coughs> journal. Yeah. Sorry. No, no problem. Because the idea is that what we practice, <laughs> and you know this, what we keep practicing and, and going over in our mind is what we're going to, going to attract. Absolutely. So doing the happy journal, something like that as an everyday um, pro- daily process is really good. It's a really good, and it, it sounds kind of corny maybe, or it sounds like, oh, I don't want to do that. But these, this is life-changing uh, habit that, that if we get into, and if you get into it, it's going to make a big difference in your life. And you just keep it up, you stick with it, and you'll start to see how absolutely, things Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think that... Um, I like the way you do your happy journals and I've shared a page of yours one time that actually it even might be on, on the uh, YouTube channel, but um, yeah, those are great. And I think that people are going to be more attracted to the faster EFT and understand it a little bit better. The happy journal is, is huge. It definitely is. I totally, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God, this is exciting. I'm so happy that you've, you know, come on, and um, I don't know, any last words? I mean, I could just talk to you forever and I hope we can do this again. Uh, I know that you've got a busy schedule, but I no, would love fun. to. I, love, I always love yeah. talking to you. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I mean, I guess the idea is, you know, just lighten up on ourselves and, and lighten up when we're not light, lighten up, <laughs> right? <laughs> That'd be right there. I mean, it's not really what happens to us. It's what we think about and do with what happens to us. It can be the real, the real uh, thing that can spiral us down. So even if I'm not in a good mood today, well, what, well how, I, how do I think about that? I can, I can say, ah, oh, I should know better. Ah, oh, I've been doing this work and this, this new age stuff and I've been doing the happy journal and I don't feel good. I should feel good. Well, that kind of thinking really adds to the not feeling good and it, it can really snowball from there. So kind of lighten up on even not feeling good. And that's really beautiful. I yeah. love that. There, it's a real delicate, it, it just feel, even when you say that there's a delicate balance between, you know, when to, when to sort of push the gas pedal or when to kind of, you know, just, just relax a little bit. It sounds almost like, I kind of feel like um, contraction and then just expansion and almost just kind of yeah. breathing <clears throat> sort of, so to speak into that. Cause I know surrendering is another, is another thing that sometimes people distort. They don't really quite um, yeah. maybe understand the definition of that. Yeah, Cause surrendering good. sounds giving up. Like it sounds like, Oh, if I surrender, I'm giving up and you're not giving up. Um, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it is a whole nother <laughs> conversation, but this is great. This is so good. This is, this is fun. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. And um, I will definitely be having your information in the caption once I get this video up and, okay. and um, uh, you know, your website or your information, um, you can send that to me and then I'll plug it in. And sure. Yeah. You know, this, the podcast, I, I do have a podcast episode on the happy journal. And it's a okay, good. Thing, so good. So just pass me that information and I'll put I it in the caption will. so that people okay. can go to that and, in the meantime, I appreciate it. And um, I just really want to say that you truly are one of like my favorite people. You, um, of course, Robert, and then you, um, I, I found your Facebook page um, <clears throat> and uh, really 
just resonated. You just seem to be so grounded with the law of attraction and just have been um, a very positive influence. Um, and I love the way you, the way you work. And so just such a privilege, honestly. So thank you and um, look forward to the next time. Sandra, that means a lot. And I think the same about you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. I'll be talking soon then. Absolutely. We'll get it, we'll get it done. <laughs> you will. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, son.